give you thanks, Jesus, for the opportunity, Lord, that you gave us to praise you and to just uh, have a chance to just uh, meditate on all the good things you do for us, Lord, and the songs of victory this morning, Jesus. And I'd like to ask you, Lord, for the tithes and the offering, Lord, bless and multiply them, Lord, for all that's necessary, Lord, to continue pushing your name forward, Jesus, and also help us, Lord, to continue being faithful to you, Lord, because all these ties at the end of the day belong to you, Lord. Help us to always remember those and to be faithful in these things, Lord. You provide us the jobs. You provide us the life, Lord Jesus, and you provide us so, so much more, Lord, the salvation and the freedom uh, to be free from all the sin and the things that had us captive, Lord, and we just thank you for that, Lord. And we know there's never, there's no way we could ever repay for all that you have done for us, Lord Jesus. We also, too, Lord, now ask you for the word. Help us, Lord, to pay attention to it, to, uh, to take it in, Lord, and to process it and to digest it and use it throughout the week and throughout our life going forward, Jesus. In your name we ask this and we thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Gabriel to pass on up. Amen. God bless each one of you. Amen. God bless everyone uh, this morning, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. God bless the group. Dios bendiga a todos esta mañana, hermanos. I wanted to let everybody know, uh, I know I, I preach a lot in English. Um, Brother Lorenzo uh, wanted me to let everybody know that he can translate. He's been translating in Spanish. God bless him. God help us. Amen. God help the church. If we're, uh, you know, we're, we're very slim. I pray for ministries here. You know, I pray for God to send uh, courageous people, you know, people that have the talent to do some of these things. And we must pray for these things, brothers and sisters, because um, sometimes we're so involved in the outside of here, not thinking of the progressing the inside kingdom. We're not even progressing the outside kingdom, but uh, we can pray for the ministries that are here that are uh, doing dual jobs and barely doing them. But we're trying, amen? Uh, so, hermanos, si alguien necesita, how do you say translation? Trans. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Speak up, someone. Huh? Trans. Transducción. Traducción. Uh, ahí está el hermano Lorenzo allá atrás buscando uh, personas para, para hacer eso. Amen. Uh, God bless the kids this uh, morning and, uh, and the youth. We started a very important um, message or topic last week pastor did uh in matthew 24 and we talking about a lot of uh, revelation a lot of things that god has revealed and given us an opportunity to reveal to us uh and it's a blessing to have um god speaking to us amen uh for some of us that may have never known this growing up or maybe, maybe never got into the Word of God and, and it's as simple as a chapter uh, explaining uh, the coming of Christ. 
But in the Bible, there's a lot of uh, fingerprints, a lot of um, directional guides that lead us to understand in what time we are in. Like on Wednesday's message, we talked about that sometimes our pain, sometimes what we're going through doesn't allow us to discern where we're at. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody today, brothers and sisters. I don't know if I'm talking to someone that's struggling with identifying the looking in the mirror moment. I don't know if, I, I don't know if somebody came here this morning and they're distracted already from sitting down sitting down, that they don't know what state they're in, their family's in. They don't know how bad it really is because the pain's not allowing them to see it. Or sometimes it's numbing them to feel it. The message title today is, what time is it? We can ask ourselves, what time is it in our life right now? What time are you in? I can ask, what season are you in? I can ask, what moment you're in? But what time is it, biblically speaking, that we're in? Because I've heard since I was a little child, these are the last days that we're in. And it seems that the world has copied that and mocked us in that. That, ah, man, they've been saying that for years. They even, though you'll see in movies, they'll put the crazy guy on the street corner saying, hey, the end is near. Everybody will laugh at the guy, right? But what time are we in? Because if you look around, you pay attention to what's happening around the world, what's happening in your community, what's happening around you, we'll start to see. Because the Word of God says to discern it based off of what you're seeing to the times that we're in. I'd like for us to turn to Luke 4.18 if we can. Luke 4.18. Jesus said this, this is some of the first words that he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He's referring to the prophet Isaiah writing this. We see here that Jesus came to free, to liberate. All these attributes here that the world would cause. And we start to think of brokenhearted, poor, captives, blind, and bruised. I'm not sure which one you could say that you're in or you've been or it's happened to you. Maybe all of them you've experienced in your life. But we see here Jesus saying, I can identify with you. We see Jesus here 
right after he's been anointed, he's, he's speaking this message right here. He gets up in front of a congregation of scribes and Pharisees, and he reads this, and they're shocked that he's reading that. Because the first thing Jesus wanted to say is, I can relate to you. I came for you. And a lot of times as a church, we're not relating to the brokenhearted, the blind. We don't enter like the word of God says and not allow others to enter. Because we're too focused on our pain. And if we got pain and we're in here, what chance do people have that are outside of here and the pain that they have and the blindness that they have? The first thing Jesus wanted to say is, this is what I came for. I got you. But the problem is, is that the noise of this world, the speed of this world, if you have a hard time keeping up with technology, then you'll have even a harder time of discerning the speed of the world. I can ask somebody above 50 years old, a couple of things that they would have no idea of what's happening when it comes to technology. They'd be like, "Hmm? I don't know about that. What's autonomous driving? I don't know. Because the world is so fast and wants what it wants to give you that sometimes we don't have a moment to look at it and discern it. We're already saying, well, we got to use it because everybody else is using it, and we would be behind the times if we're not using it. So we've got to pray, brothers and sisters. We've got to pray that we can discern the time that we're in. And if we turn to 2 Timothy 4.3, Timothy writes here, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. I don't know what time we're in, but I think this time we could check off saying we're in this. Some of us would rather have the milk instead of the meat. Some of us would rather have more, more graphics, more animation, more, it's kind of like this, examples. The show instead of the word. And it says here that they shall not be able to endure sound doctrine, but they'll be after their own lust looking for teachers, having itchy ears. I've fallen into, in the past, situations where, oh man, I really like that. Oh, that that was good how they did that. Then God revealed something to me. Is that if I see a pastor with a hamburger and I'm hungry on YouTube. 
Is that going to fill me up? I'm going I'm to bring it down. One, I'm going to come down a couple of levels for some of y'all that still don't have your cappuccino this morning. If I'm hungry or thirsty and somebody's holding a cup of water on YouTube, is that going to give me satisfaction physically? The word of God has spoken to where we're at physically. His spirit is here at this moment speaking to you. The problem is, is that sometimes we choose to reject what's being spoken here because we rather chase after something of our own lust. And that's the problem is that we, we like it the way this person says it. Or the way this person shows it. But if it's not coming from the word of God and it's one verse and then let me go into a 40-minute dialogue. What are you gaining? How vexed is your spirit? How vexed are you? Are you where somebody could just push you and you don't have stability? And we read a lot of verses here. And I've always appreciated that. As I see people, we're going to base it off of just this one word, verse. And then let me give you my opinion on life after that. But people don't want what the word of God is saying is to come sound doctrine. And I ask ourselves, where are we at? Are we easily offended? Are we easily quick to judge? Matthew 24, 12 reads, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We find ourselves, and we like to blame the word for our state. We like to blame the word for the way we're feeling, the way we're thinking about ourselves. But it's not the word's blame for this. It's the world and the wickedness of the world. see examples everywhere in the media where we don't have a a shot anymore if we're going to try to do it the right way. People are trying to convince people you got to do it the wrong way to get what you want. We've experienced it in our lives and we've seen it. And we've said, how did this happen? Paul, I mean, David talked about it. I almost slipped thinking that what the wicked person had was greater than what I had. We find ourselves, we're in a dangerous time. And if we're not discerning this time that we're in, we can look back one day and have lost it all and say, where, where did I lose it at? Where did I lose my salvation at? Where did I lose my family? Where did I lose my life? 
Because the squirrel's moving and it's not waiting for you. The moment you jump on it, it'll take you like a current. We've got to examine and discern and see. It's the quick example. You could turn on normal television from 7 to 9. I'm going to be talking to my people. Let's just let's go back to the 80s. Not even do the 90s. How many of my 80s people do we have here? We don't have too many of them. Or do we have a lot of them? Back then, you could watch some shows and not be afraid of the sexual content, of the language, or the motivations that they were trying to engage you or deceive you with. And now, not even at 7 o'clock, at 7 a.m., you start seeing shows trying to put their agenda, trying to brainwash, trying to make you think that you don't need to be married to be in a relationship. You don't have to respect your parents the matter of fact, it's comedy now when I tell my dad he's worthless. Doesn't really even provide for us. <laughs> I put a spotlight on teenagers having babies. I'll create a TV show off of it. Well, how about a man that sleeps with a lot of women? That's got to be popular. And we live in a society where we honor the wickedness. Some of y'all can say, I don't even know what you're talking about, Brother Gabe. Well, you know what? You might want to still check your house. Because this world is not waiting for Christians to figure it out. The squirrel's not waiting for us to say, oh, you know, you're right, Brother Gabe. This is, we are in the last times. We're in the last days here. It's already destructing itself. And we see the words from Jesus. It will be a blessing in those days for a woman not to have child because of the evilness of the world. And we see here in Matthew 24, which we read last week, because evil will be increased, the love of many will wax cold in this time. We ask ourselves, what time are we in? Are we in a time where our love is waxing cold? What do we do? How do we heat it up? How do we get excited about? How do we get excited? It's, we're, 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 we're sad because we're acting like we're defeated when when there's a second part to this story, well, the world, the world is leaving its morality. We see our lives heading into a different phase of it. Our salvation, everything that's been worked on, heaven is closer by us enduring this, by us motivating each other, inspiring each other, we turn to Hebrews 6, 4. 
For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. That's a pretty powerful word there, enlightened. We just stay on that word just for a second, enlightened. We see the power that God has given us for some of us that have been enlightened. Now, the world wants to use that term too in saying woke, or you're woke now. But the word of God uses a term called enlightened because only God's light can push away darkness. Darkness cannot give light to darkness. And we see here, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. We'll go back to verse 4 again. It says, what? For it is impossible, and I want you to hold on to impossible. It don't matter where you go after today. It don't matter where you dwell. It's going to be impossible, it says here, if you were enlightened to God's word. And we go to back to verse 5. And the powers of the world to come, verse 6. If they shall fall away to renew them again into repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Seven. I'm sorry, bro. Six. So it's impossible for us to leave knowing what's to come. It would be as we would crucify Jesus again. In this moment, brothers and sisters, we see a spirit, a spirit of giving up, a spirit of not fully understanding who Jesus is. Sometimes shame doesn't allow us to come here. Sometimes regret doesn't allow us to get here. It is basic things like pride and anger that don't allow us to get here sometimes. Contentions that don't allow us to get here sometimes because we don't agree with something. But when it gets you to stop, Serving God and going back, going back to the world. Pastor talked about the example of the dog returning to its vomit. What time are we in? What time are we in where we struggle to hold on to sound doctrine? we choose just to feel better following our lust, following our slip-ups. I get it. 
the mistakes cause us to be sad. The fact that we're still doing things that we shouldn't be doing causes us to to hurt, to be depressed. I know I shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't be acting like this. But we forget the love that Christ has for us. And if you wake up the next day with life, then there's hope for change. You see, if you're the judge, the jury, and the executioner, God have mercy on your soul, right? Since that's not our calling, and we've given that to Jesus, he says, mercy, I forgive you. Dust yourself off. Get up. Start to discern. Start to see how you fail so you don't fall again, it says. But we choose rather to be sad because how can we escape, we say. How can we escape this word? How can we escape? I thought we were going to escape with pastor not preaching today. This difficult word. We can't escape. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. A God that loves us so much that he purifies us. He purifies us. In this purification, it's a release of things that are hurting us, are hurting our family, are hurting our society. And we see here in Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. so important brothers and sisters that fight to get here so important that fight to be here especially when you're in a situation where you're fighting to survive if your faith is on the brink and you don't find yourself here. You've made it more difficult to survive. It's easier for the current to even take you further down. It's easier for you to lose everything. But the Word of God says how important it is for us to have On Friday, the moment where you look around and you see you're not the only one struggling with what you thought you were the only one struggling with. Oh, I thought this was only me struggling with this. Oh, I thought this was only me that was going through this. Oh, I thought this was only me that had these type of thoughts. Oh, I thought it was only me. And you find out that God speaks to the we. God speaks to a church and struggle of different things. So we keep on reading on 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another. This is a difficult one, isn't it? This is the one that I think our citizenship doesn't allow us to do, or sometimes our heritage, our lineage, our pride. You can't tell me something. You can't exhort me. But I like, I like when we're exhorted and we recognize that we needed it. Have you ever had a moment where you recognized, where you had a true friend telling you something that you didn't want to hear it at the time and you couldn't even believe they told you that? How dare you tell me that, Gabby? Let's give an example. He's here. Andrea says. Right, or Gabby, Andrea, really? You can hear him. You've probably done it. Praise the Lord for it. That's why they're still both here. But the moments, you stop doing it because I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I say it, my brother's not going to like me anymore. Is the moment we reject the word of God. It says exhorting each other. Are you prepared to be exhorted? Am I prepared to be exhorted? And so much the more... As you see the day approaching, what day do we see approaching? Verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. So listen to how Paul says it here. So you sin willfully after you know the truth. See, some of you are still sinning, struggling with things because you're struggling with the truth. And, and, and see, and God's merciful. God keeps you at a level. God keeps you at a baseline, they call it. You're not, you're not increasing. You're not moving. There's tons of people in the United States economy that stay at a baseline. They're okay at staying at a baseline. They stay at a baseline. They're happy to go and check in and clock in and do a baseline. Some of y'all, you, 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 you think you know business so much and you're so smart in things and, and this is what I do and this and that, but you don't even understand that spiritually you're in a baseline. Oh, I've got a, I've got a five-year plan. This is what I'm going to do. And by this time, by this time, by this time, I'll have it all figured out. As your spirit stays at a baseline. I can speak for myself. I can't speak for Brother Lorenzo. But in business, they always force you to have a plan. You got to have a plan. What's your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your forecast for next year? You're going to sell. What are you doing monthly and all this stuff? And you got to think about your plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is this, 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 and this, and that. Spiritually speaking, we trust too much in our plan. We trust too much in our plan instead of God's will. And we start to think of, well, if I do these things right here, this is the way it's going to be. 
God says, wait a second here, Jacob. It's because you wanted to marry her. And you thought the deal was done. Doesn't mean at the end of the deal you got her. Work another seven years. You see, brothers and sisters, the word of God is powerful. You see, we get so lost in in our own thoughts and our own, oh, this is the way God is and this way. And God tells you how he is. God shows you how he is. God, if, if you get into the word of God, you see how he is. It ain't my interpretation. Just get into the word of God. Some of you all have your own interpretation without the word of God or with a little bit of the word of God. It's like saying, I kind of know him. I kind of know him. And you kind of talk about some of the things he talks about. But when you know him and you are spitting out word for word, Examples that he's left us is the confidence that you start to build and saying, God, I've seen you do it. I've seen you do this before. I've seen the story of my life in the word of God. I have found my life in the word of God. And if I follow this and I can accept that I'm taking a longer route, I know the end result will still be in blessed. If I endure find her let's keep on reading hebrews here for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifices for sin the brothers and sisters i don't know how many of us are still struggling some of us choose to push away the truth because and we don't want that you ain't got no chance you ain't got no hope after this some of us choose not to fully be engaged in, 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 in the message and in, in, in reviewing it. Or, 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 or like I said, we rather search the web. We know great speakers of themselves, the none that speak of Jesus through the word. Oh, man, I really, you got to see this. Let me share this with you. This is good. This is a good one. Watch this one. I've been there. But I said, I did a self-diagnostics of myself. Said, And I asked God, help me discern when I started seeing things that weren't right. Do we easily just accept everything? Because, man, I feel like I'm learning stuff. I feel like I learned some stuff. You know, they, he speaks a proper English and uses a lot of, like I said, animations and maps. Oh, man, maps. The person shows maps. I guess I'm the only one speaking to myself. It's okay. None of you guys, all you guys are all confused. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, Brother Dave. But when we get into the word of God and God reveals to us that this person that's online speaking doesn't even know Matthew 24. Or doesn't have revelation. Or doesn't even speak to the truth of customs and holidays that are coming. Yet we'll decorate stages The things that were an abomination to God. You start to scratch your head and say, wow. 
Where am I at, spiritually speaking? So we got to find ourselves recognizing that we're in these last days, brothers and sisters. We're in these days that Jesus spoke in Matthew 24. Let's keep on reading here in Hebrews. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and a fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries, verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy. Listen to that. This, this is Paul letting you know how good you have it, but how misusing of today's grace we are doing. Listen to that. Look at, look at Paul teaching people here saying, look, in the days of Moses, it says people who despised it died without mercy. Could you imagine that today? Could you imagine the ground opening up and snakes coming out? Paul starts talking about that we're living in an, you know, you know, we've staken by forgetting what was happening in the days of Moses, the difficulty of the word of God and what it would, how it would come down as God was establishing his people. And now we've just made this Jesus so, so perfectly forgiving and just, he's going to, oh, he'll, he'll, no, he'll let me in. Even if I'm out, even if I'm against what he said. Yeah, because we have, I mean, we have beliefs that if Jesus didn't say it, if Paul said it, Peter said it, Timothy said it, I really don't need to follow it, but if Jesus said it, then I got to follow it. Only if Jesus said it. His other apostles said it. I don't know. I don't remember Jesus saying about homosexuality. So I don't know. You think I'm playing around, but this is where the religious world has gotten to. Now, Brother Lorenzo gave an example of, of how people criticize Moses' time without understanding why these things were happening. Because you had a, a people that, and look at the example, what happened in Moses' time. Why did this happen? Because they were captive. When you're captive, when you're captive, they break you. That's what it is to be a slave is they break you. They break you where you lose your identity. And now you're just, all I know is that I'm a slave. These people left. And they left with things that they had learned from Egypt. And some were able to take off all the things from Egypt. But some kept them on. when God was trying to liberate and take new people into the promised land, can you imagine that, that 
that generation didn't make it. That he had to start with another generation. I mean, I would, could you imagine just being the one person like, man, where's, where's everyone at? Where's Bob? Where's Sarah? Where's... We talked about this day. We see Paul talking here in the days of Moses. People would die. They didn't accept God's law or word. We're going to keep on reading here. Let's keep on reading. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Listen to that. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified a unholy thing and had done despite unto the spirit of grace. Look, it's a question. If this happened in the days of Moses, you see, because there's mockers of the word of God. There's people that are mocking the word of God. <clears throat> I don't know if you're catching it. Again, the lullaby might have been the lullaby of the world might have been so strong that you might have fallen asleep to the criticisms of the world, to Christianity, the old way. But it says here, how much greater of a punishment is it going to be for those who reject our Christ Jesus, a merciful God that came, a God that said, okay, I came to put away the law of Moses. And I'm telling you to forgive. What a different God we see here. And it says, how much greater will this be for people that reject mercy and love of Christ? This is something that I don't know where you're at. I mean, some of y'all might, you know, today just go back into your routine of your day. And, and this is something that, I, that I, I, I would feel compelled to search, to say, okay, what time is it in my life right now? Am I not recognizing that we're living in a dangerous time here? Or do I just go back into my normal life? There's signs everywhere of Jesus. Keep on reading here, verse 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belong, belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God.
endurance and stamina. Paul spoke of it, running your race. We see here in Hebrews that he identifies and compares people in the days of Moses to just losing their life because they went against God by two or three witnesses. So it could be spoken of the greatness of who God was. When you have two or three witnesses, it doesn't matter if one of them gets it wrong, you still have a chance that it's going to get out what happened. As we see in the Gospels of Jesus. But yet, we see people saying, oh, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. What does that have to do with me now? We're in a different, we're in a, we're a different society. We have evolved. We've evolved. It's easier now. My aunts, my uncles aren't working in the fields anymore. We've evolved. We've gotten comfortable. But they have grandchildren. And they can see the path that they're taking, a path where people are losing. They're losing holiness on a little device, taking pictures of themselves, not recognizing what that does. And how it stays. Losing. What God had given them. To a point where they just give up. The cruel world. Had the privilege to. See it firsthand. In the ministry of the youth, studying about what's happening in schools, girls committing suicide because of it, the bullying that happens because it's this little device that we think is so needed. I remember what my mom, I don't know if my mom remembers when I wanted a pager. You remember that, mom? You got me a pager. <laughs> but mom, you can get a hold of me whenever you need me. Pager. Remember pagers, Brother Nando? People don't even know. Some of these people don't even know what pagers are. That little blue pager. You, you remember my pager? You don't remember my pager. No, you don't. You weren't cool enough. You didn't have a pager. Mom didn't want to get a hold of you. I convinced my mom to get me a pager, Mr. Zuli. Now we get people that's trying to get a phone, trying to get these teens trying to get a phone at 12, 10. I have my son trying to convince me, when can he get a phone? Tristan. 
And it's still the same song and dance. You know, when my daughters say, you'll be able to get a hold of me. I can get a hold of you right now. Look. I can get you by the canas too. We start to do this. Why do we start to do this? Because we feel that if we don't do it, they're going to struggle in school, and I, and I, I don't know, I, you know, I, can, I can't speak for my mom's heart, but I'm sure I got her with that. That was a pager. Just numbers on it. You couldn't even text on it. It was just numbers. Our, 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 our buddies used to find ways to use a number. To, to, if you flip it upside down, look what it says. Hello. Four, three. L is seven, seven, zero. Hello. We live in a society today where people, people are now creating videos, photos, shameful things. Where is this world gone and where is it headed? Paul says here that if in the times of Moses they didn't have a chance, what is to be? Brothers and sisters, we find ourselves in these days where we're questioning what time are we in? What mercy are we in? John 6, 65. And he said there said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father, 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So listen to this. We've heard the version, Jesus, your words are so hard. Who can do, who can carry them? We remember that, right? The emphasis now is that those some disciples left him that day. Some people left him with those words. Because it's not easy. If we think it's easy, if we think it's going to just be all, you know, praise and hallelujahs. There's going to be mourning. There's going to be sadness. There's going to be the struggle, the battle, because we're in a world that's trying to vex us, kill us, hurt us. Gosh, Brother Gabe, I need something motivating. Your salvation better be motivating to you. Gosh, Gabe, I want to just get up and I just want to just dance in the spirit. I want to just feel the spirit. Can I feel the spirit? Can I feel the spirit again? That spirit didn't get you anywhere. Because if that spirit would have you and held you, you would be praising God when the word of God is being spoken. But what happens is that we get so, I, 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 need, I need church for my injection for the week to, 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 to make me happy. To numb me until Wednesday and then I'll need my other injection to numb me. Hopefully it'll get me to Friday to numb me. Because the weekend's tough, so we need a, a shorter one from Friday to Sunday. But Jesus said here, it's hard for you. 
and depart. And we see here that some left, but we read 67 here. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Jesus is always going to ask you, where are you at after the word of God has come hard to you? Where are you at after you've been offended? Where are you at? Jesus is always going to ask you. Jesus is asking you today, where are you at? If the word has offended you, are you going to leave too? How do I know this? Because he asked me when I was offended. Are you done? Can you justify a reason not to go back? Jesus says to the 12, are you also going to leave? Verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? This is really interesting to me that Simon here says, not go back to what? He says, to whom? As it's a thing. As it's something else, not going back to what they were doing, but going back to someone else. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You see, brothers and sisters, the reason we get offended is because we think there's other words out there that will give us life. It's the other go. Who do we go to? When you, we're being offended by the word of God, when, when the word of God is speaking to us and it comes hard to us and we get offended and we're like, or, you know, we could go somewhere else and get this word from. But if the word of God is doing something, transforming, changing something, doing something in you, trying to change you, just buckle yourself in. And identify after the word of God saying that was true. This is true. This is me. I, I, I do this still. I still struggle with this. I did this. I should be happy that I'm not in this anymore. I should have said amen when he said something. But what did I do? I just hushed myself up like I normally do. I remember those moments where preach it was a word that was said here in this church. Say it was something that we wanted from the altar. But instead, we've tried to dictate who's bringing the message by our lack of motivation or our lack of praise or our lack of excitement or our lack of... But when you get to a point where it doesn't matter how people feel... But what God has done in you, what God has done for you, 
That you're not looking for these encouraging rah-rahs and cheers. But you're hoping that that same word that's being preached is being preached back in here and being received. And you're being freed from things that millionaires try to invest money in to give satisfactions that they can't find peace. More money, more problems. The word of God can bring a joy, bring a happiness. And subtle things and just reminding you his love for you, his hope for you. We see here Peter saying, your words are words of life. Where do we go? Where can we go? Where can we go, God? Because your words are words of life. If we turn to 2 Timothy 3 1. This know also that in the last days, hearless times shall come. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now listen to this. That's pretty interesting that it goes to some, and then it just goes back to like some, a basic. Look, look what it starts with. Lovers of themselves, covetous, Boasters, proud blasphemers, and then all of a sudden it goes elementary on us. I'm I'm always amazed by the word of God because it it gives you like a little nugget there. Like, why would would disobedient to parents like this be? Because this is the root. Thankful, unholy. Because see, if I can get the youth If I can get the youth, if I can get a child to reject a parent, if I can do that, then I've won from the enemy. It's not going to be hard for me to get them to do anything else. If they've already put a curse on their life. The Word of God says to honor and, and if they're already doing something and, and just, ah, oh, you know, mom, you don't know anything. You never have known anything. You've never done anything. These are terms that are being said in today's society. It doesn't matter what you try to do to save it. If you can't save the home, all these things are going to be amplified, magnified, accelerated destruction in our society. Keep on reading in that verse. Disobedient to parents. Verse 2, brother. Unthankful, unholy. These are, again, so, so go back to verse 1 one more time, brother, sorry. This know also that in the last days, so everybody, everybody that has a watch, just look at your watch. 
Because the title of the message is, what time is it? And right here, we're going to see Timothy talking about the last days. And then we go into the next verse and you start to tell me, is this happening today? Are you seeing verse 2? Let's, let's look here. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Wanting. Boasters. Look at me. Proud. You can't tell me anything. Blasphemers. Ah, who needs God? I don't believe in God. We don't need God. I did this. I didn't, I didn't have God in my life. Have you heard this stuff? Disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, verse 3. Without, listen to this, natural affection. There's a little bit of revelation in that. I want to talk to, I want to, talk to that for a second. Natural affection. Okay, brothers and sisters, look. We're living in a society right now where a man doesn't know how to treat a woman. A a man doesn't know how to respect a woman. A man doesn't know what a woman needs, the security she needs, the stability she needs, so she doesn't have to lose her mind. So this natural affection now has turned a woman from a man. You see, Timothy's talking about a day, an age where men aren't helping the cause by standing up and taking what's rightfully theirs, this bond, this marriage. And this natural type of affection, this thing that is God-driven, we're losing it to the times, to the world. We'll keep on reading here. Without natural effect, affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Oh, hi. Wake up. Don't be surprised that you saw the last couple of weeks something in the news. But that still won't scare the hell out of you. And you'll still go back to a normal Oh, here, this is this, this is that. Let me post this. Let me. (laughs) And we're living in days that the word of God is spoken to. This is serious. This isn't something that we're excited about, brothers and sisters. This is something that, 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 that even Jesus said. Woe to my coming. Because it's going to be horrible. Or somebody can say something on you. Incontinent. 
fierce, despisers of those that are good. <laughs> you know, you could be in a church and say you think you're good, right? Now a lot of people say, no, I don't think I'm good. I, don't, <laughs> I used to think I was good before I just read that, but I don't want people to despise me. I want people to hate me, so yeah, I don't think I'm so good anymore. Despisers of those that are good, verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Listen to this. Don't be surprised what you see. You see, but don't accept it. See, some of us are looking, and we're looking at the religious, social world, and we're like, oh, look at him. He's doing that. Look, and he still does that. Oh, he still loves God, though. You start to justify. Based off of this, you're deciding your relationship with God. Based off of what the truth you know. Like it was read here, the truth you know, you understand. You're still deciding, well, it's, it's still okay. I mean, look at that. That person brought a great message on Sunday. It doesn't matter that he's, you know, dancing to some secular music or or doing these other things, promoting this. We lose when we find ourselves here vexed because the word of God is trying to pull you to him and you've been pulled all week to yourself in your lust. And this is the tug of war. And God loses it with you sometimes because we don't come here motivated, excited, saying we come here convicted. We're like, that's right. I do do that. I do look at that. I have accepted that. I have allowed that in my house. Verse 5. Having a form, uh-oh, of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away for six. For of this sort are they which creep ooh, into the house. Listen to that, you know, pastor this morning before church sent a picture to Gabriel and it was a rattlesnake that was curled up in his front porch. And this was not a little rattlesnake. This was like a, this round coiled up. Just made me think about that with this, you know, it says to depart from those type of that it says, for of this sort are they which creep. Have you ever been called a creep, Andrea? I've been called a creep. Does it feel so good? I don't think the term creep. Livy really liked that one. Maybe she's the one that's called me that. <laughs> A freak? Oh, yeah, you have. That's, that is funny. Yeah, you're right. He's a freak. 
But the term creep doesn't seem so good. But it says, for of this sort are they which creep into the houses. I mean, it's almost like you got to look at your door to see what's on the floor that wants to come in. Because this thing that wants to come into your houses and have rule over you, it slithers. And led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, seven. Every learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Let's go back one, brother, verse six. For of this sort, we'll go back to verse five. I just want to read the last sentence in five. From such turn away. All the example that he gave here, all the different things that are going on with this generation, with this last days, the last times, it says from these type, stay away. And then it goes into verse six, for of this sort that I'm asking you to stay away from, they creep into houses, they lead captive silly women. Now, brothers and sisters, This is where the responsibility going back to natural affections, it is for a man to discern if 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 we're giving our authority over. And I'm speaking to men that are here in the church, that are established in church. I'm not speaking to a man that's not here. We pray for sisters that have to carry that spiritualness until a man can be revealed his duty at home. But you see here that this thing that creeps in, it looks to captivate a woman, lead away a woman with diverse lust, verse 7. Every learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. So if I'm never able to come to the knowledge of truth, then I'm sinning. Because that's what's truth will take away sin. How many of us are sinning right now without knowing the truth of the sin? How many of us would just love to, you know, come up and, and I mean, I, there's got to be an app for that, right? That you could just come and you just put your, you put your fingerprint or it just looks at your eyeball and it just says, this is what you need to fi- fix spiritually. And you're like, look at it and you're like, oh, man, I'm still doing that. It's like you would believe it more than the word of God purifying you with it. It's like you would see it as like, oh. Five more steps and I could have got my goal for the week. The problem is that we'd rather not look in the mirror 
with the word of God and say, look, I'm still doing this. I'm still this person that I was. I'm still holding on to something that I've wanted. I've, I've proclaimed, I've stood up and, 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 I, and, and, I, and I've said God has healed me from this. This pain, this hurt, whatever it is. Sin. But when you start to not recognize sin because the truth is not meeting up with the sin, because that's the light that comes. It spotlights right on the sin, and the sin can't. Adam, Eve, where are you at? Um, Adam, Eve, where are you at? The truth came, and sin hid itself. until sin recognized that it couldn't hide itself from the truth. We come here sometimes and, and we have an opportunity. We always have an opportunity. We got opportunities, opportunity after opportunity. And then you hear Moses in the days of Moses, right? And how much greater of a punishment is it going to be in the times that grace was here? We have an opportunity to come here and we and just say, God, help me, fix me, God. God, you know, I need you. You know, brothers and sisters, I need this. And, 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 and what happened to, to the to call out of, I need this, I need this, I'm lacking this. I don't need my family here. I need to be fixed. Some of us are too busy. I need my family here, and we're not even fixed. What good of it is your family being here if we're not fixed? Being fixed is meaning not doing things that they've been accustomed to knowing of you. Ouch. Consistency drives away inconsistent behaviors. It'll also drive your family to God. Consistency. Praying to God, saying, God, give me wisdom. I've already tried these things. And they haven't worked. Don't let me lose myself in myself. Maybe it's something in me that you're doing, that you're showing me. This is where the word of God becomes powerful because, see, when you want to just, you want to play church, then you just think it's them. So much easier, right? For the, that's just them. They just don't want God. Until you flip it on you and say, okay, hold on a second. Let me put them to the side real quick. Let me just look at myself real quick. Well, I haven't been so good at this. I still got anger. I still say things that aren't good. They bring things out of me that aren't good. I'm ugly at times. I'm really showing Christ all the time. Oh, but that's not it. They need Jesus. It's them. Oh, yeah, the, the word of God speaks to even grandparents here. Because, brothers and sisters, we've got to come to a point where we, in these last days, got to take care of, take advantage of every moment that we have. Because it's not going to get easier. Let's keep on reading, brothers and sisters. Now, as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, 
so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Brothers and sisters, we're living in a day and age. Some of these things that we're talking about are just here recent. Some of these things that we're talking about we just see in the media, in the news. Some of the stuff that we're living in and still the people cry for this type of action. I don't care if it's not the truth. This is the time that we're living in where people are cheering for deceit, for false accusations. And I'm just talking about an example that's right now public. I'm not even talking about yet what's the church. When it hits the church and you're accused of something, we're going down a path that way with trying to censor the church. See, a lot of y'all already forget about the censoring of the church because that's been a little bit from, you know, it's been a couple of years, but they were trying to censor the church and wanting to see what you were preaching at the church. You forgot about that. Remember the world got you back in a lullaby thinking like, oh, okay, everything must be all right. God prevailed. That was trying to show itself of currency, of having current Now we're in a time, brothers and sisters, where we must pray and be vigilant because our enemies are around the corner and he is seeking to devour us. If we turn to 2 Peter 3.17, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye now this, these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with error, with the error of the wicked, fall from your steadfastness. I, I, think it's, I think it's powerful that Peter here uses a term, beware. It's a term of warning. Warning you. lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. If you feel you're stable, make sure you don't fall. If you feel you are stable, make sure you can endure. This is powerful, brothers and sisters, as we are living in a time where people are seeking the truth. Hebrews 10, 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Listen to that. 
Let that be your war crying. We find ourselves so, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to say, hey, you know what? The enemy's right there in the field, right there in the front by the pond. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll go fight him then. You guys coming? Let's go. You going to come? Oh, I don't know if I feel like it. I don't know. It's been tough. It's been a tough week. If you only knew, Brother Gabe, you only know what I'm going through. I don't need to know what you're going through. You need to know what you're going through and that you need Jesus to get you through it. We make so many excuses on why we don't praise God. We make so many excuses why we're not, you know, lifting up and and, and encouraging each other. And we see a war cry here that we're not the type to go back. We're the type to move forward. Help me, God, to energize myself with what gets me back in the lullaby. Lullaby, go to sleep. You're okay in the world. That's what the devil wants to do. And you get out of here and you go back into the routine. You go back into your own routine. <laughs> I did enough. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself now. I changed the world with a like. Change yourself. And you'll see the impact you have with more than that. God, help us, because this is the world we're living in now. We're so numb to things. Convict me, God, to change something in myself. Not to go back, but to push forward. James 1.12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive. The crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Brothers and sisters, temptation is everywhere. It's going to come to a point where temptation, and we're at this point, be in the days like Sodom and Gomorrah. Everywhere around you. The first time I was at a restaurant and I heard families just cursing. It's like, man, I don't remember that. I don't remember it like that bad. Nothing. Feeling like really ashamed of having my kids there at a restaurant. It was simple. It was little. You imagine times of Sodom and Gomorrah and where they start justifying horrible sin, horrible wickedness. You're not going to be able to do nothing when they take your kid, try to take your kid from you. We live in a society where sex trafficking 
is that it's highest norm in the world. You can imagine a brother or sister here losing their child to sex trafficking. And that's normal. It's normal. God help us if we're seeing that the normal is what we have to live in. I choose not for it not to be the normal. I choose to accept what God says through his word for us to advocate for what's good, for us to be good and not be stereotypical of what a Christian is, but to reach out with God's love to people if we turn to Matthew 16, 25. 16, 25, brother. Uh-oh. Matthew 16, 25 says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, we're in a situation, we're in a decision-making moment in our lives to where we ask ourselves, have I been trying to save my life all this time? And that's where I fall into the lust and the desires of my own self. But Jesus said here, whoever has the intent of doing this is going to lose it. So if your intent is to fall into this characteristic, these characters that we're talking about, of what the world is saying, it's okay, it's normal. Then we're losing our life and our salvation. But if we want our salvation, then we have to give them our lives. Say, God, you know what I need. You know what my family needs, God. I haven't done what's right, always right. I haven't been smart, God, on things, but forgive me. Before it's too late, Jesus, give me the words to say, the examples to be, Father. Transform me, Jesus, in this trial, in this tribulation that I'm going through. Transform me before it's too late, Jesus. Help me to see you, Jesus. In these dark places, Lord, that I find myself in, enlighten me in this confused state that I'm in. Because we believe Jesus can do these things. We've experienced this in him. Some of us in great ways. Some of us, it was powerful in the calling that Jesus had for us. It was powerful. I mean, it's a story right there. It's powerful how he freed you from things, how he took away things. But the story has to get better. It didn't end there. Some of us wanted it to end with saving drunks, saving addicts. 
changing and transforming lustful people. Some of us wanted it to end there. It doesn't end there. That was the beginning of something great. It's what gave us the, the, the desire to follow him. But we must, we must trust that the process isn't over yet. And we must get up courageously, help each other up courageously as we pull forward, not looking behind, not looking behind. Some of us want to look behind, thinking that what was behind is defining our future. What's behind you has pushed you, has motivated you to not give up. If the world didn't have victory on you, what was behind you, you got a great chance of what's ahead of you. If it didn't consume you by what was behind you, you have the strength to get ahead of what's in front of you with him. Jesus has the power to take you from the miry clay and set you upon a rock. Even though you don't feel strong, he sees strength in you. How can he see strength in me? I'm barely, I'm barely able with my health to hold me up, myself up. He sees something in you. If we turn to Matthew 11, 5. We remember the very first verse we read that Jesus read when he started. Prophecy from Isaiah. The first words that Jesus spoke. in a manner of identifying himself with why he was here. And we read here in Matthew eleven five. the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. And the lepers, how we say that wrong? are cleansed and the deaf hear and are raised up. Listen to this. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And we see Jesus fulfilling what Isaiah wrote about him. Not only speaking what Isaiah wrote, but now speaking to doing it. This Jesus that said these words is the same Jesus today. And if we're struggling, struggling with being lame still, still being a little crippled, a little crooked, still having a hard time getting places, still having a hard time being motivated, if we struggle with not hearing clearly and leaving here with a different type of interpretation that we justify ourselves just so we can make it. Hey, take it easy, Brother Gabe. Take it easy. Don't take away everything that I have. Jeez, what am I going to do this week? Kind of be a boring week if I take away everything. 
Take it easy. Or for blind that we can't see the things that creep into our house. That we were about to step on the snake. We have a Jesus that has the power and authority to free us, to save us. Save us first. Save me first. I come here so often wanting him to save my family, but save me first. Save me first. I need the saving. I need the saving. You see, because when I get the saving, his promises then happen. But if I'm struggling with being lost in what needs to happen, then I'm not getting the saving. God, help me to be saved. Help me to rejoice in my salvation, knowing that that's enough to make a change in my family. Amen. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? That's the group to pass on up to the front. We struggle a lot of the times, brothers and sisters, with accepting God's word, accepting his truth, accepting sometimes what things are hard, accepting things that just don't seem, don't seem logical based off of what we're seeing in the world, in the religious world also. We have a double battle here, don't we? We have the battle of the world and what the world's trying to do, and then we have a religious world that's taking the word of God and watering it down. And we've got to be careful, brothers and sisters, that we don't fall into that trap. Let's raise our hands up and praise God here just for a second.